If you want to start your own photography studio and you wonder if you should do it, you wonder if it's worth it, what the bad parts are, what the good parts are, what the ugly parts are, I'm going to tell you all of that in this podcast. And I had my own photography studio in downtown Los Angeles. It was 5,000 square feet. We had movie shoots in there, commercials, music videos, photo shoots, live TV shows. We had everything, but I no longer have it. Now, the question is, would I do it again? And how would I do it differently if I did do it again? Let's go through this. Doesn't matter if you're a photographer or not. If you thought about opening a studio as a profit, as a revenue stream, let's listen to this because it's going to help you out a ton. A lot of people talk about opening a photography studio and they think that it's easy money and they think that this is going to be really great for community building and for making extra money. And it's, it's a place that you can work out of. Like, how amazing is that, that you can work out of these places endlessly and for free and you're tired of paying other studios. So we're going to talk about the first thing is what is good about having your own studio and then what is bad and what is ugly. But before I do that, I'm going to tell you why I opened my own photography studio. I opened my own photography studio because I was over photography. I was over how people treated artists. I was over how my team treated me. I don't want to mention names, but there are people that manage my career I was not happy with. I was over everything. I decided, I think maybe it's done. Maybe I've done it all. Maybe... I reached my peak. I shot incredible talent. Time's up. Hang your head up and get to the next line. The next line being a new budget line, for example. Make money from someone else's budget and let them rent your studio. So I opened a massive warehouse studio, which was the upper attic of a building in a neighborhood right adjacent to downtown LA, actually in Lincoln Heights called Five Point Studio. Five Point Studio was the attic of, I believe, the second or the third ever Ralph's grocery store. And so it had a lot of history. And when I went up there, it was boxes and wood and dust and God knows what else. And by hand, I built that thing. We put up drywall and electricity and lights and lifted the floors and painted. I mean, built a kitchen, everything. I built sets, everything. I learned so much. This is where my experience is coming from. And I, and just to let you know why I opened my own studio. And it was also my belief that if I have my own studio, then I could shoot whenever I want at any hour of the night or day. And it's great. And friends can come over and everything. And that was true to a certain extent. But we'll get to that list. Okay. I needed you to know why I opened my studio. I was incredibly depressed. I was in a bad place in my life and money was dwindling and I thought I had to save something. I put my camera down and I, and for so many other reasons, I put my camera down. But another day, another episode on this podcast about that. But what was good about having my own studio? There was potential to make money from other people's budgets. So films would come in. We had Ava Longoria film a movie there. We had... You know, Christian Siriano came in there, film something for E! Entertainment TV. We had a Super Bowl commercial. Apple came and looked at our location for an iPhone commercial. They did not pick it, but they came in, they looked at it and everything. And so it gives you a chance to make some money. Some budgets, I made about five to six, seven thousand dollars. If it was a movie, it was multi-day. Sometimes I made two hundred dollars it really really depends but you can make some money now my studio by the way when i said it's five thousand square feet i also had three living rooms in there so it was 
I have really good taste in decor, just so you know. But it had different setups. So you come in and it's high quality furniture, not like, you know, the the cheap IKEA stuff, which is fine. It's fine to have, but we all know what an IKEA couch looks like. So then well, you don't want that on your commercial. So people came in, it was ready dressed, they didn't really need a permit. It was great and they got to work and that's that. That's the first part. It's good. You get to make some money there. The second part is you get to meet some incredible people. There was a children's brand called Quinn and Fox and they came in because they wanted to rent a studio and they came in my studio and they walked by. I was doing a photo shoot already so they got to see me working with this boy band and I am five is what they were called and they came by walked by my wall and she says who shot these and it was my photos hanging on the wall my studio my photos you know and I said oh I shot those and she's like wait a minute you're a photographer too can I have your card because we love this location but we don't have a photographer yet I got a client out of that that's pretty great I met some great people also from that I never took anyone else's client, just so you know, but it, sometimes things can happen. Somebody comes in without a photographer or without a makeup artist, if that's what you do, and then they would book my studio and me also. The third great thing that came from having my own studio was I got to make a name for myself. So people were like, uh, Walid Azami, you know, the guy with that massive studio by downtown LA, there weren't a lot of studios. So people were like, go to Walid's studio. Oh, is that, that's five points. Oh, that belongs to him. Oh, that's cool. Hey, Walid, I heard that blah, blah, blah. I heard that this. So it helped build my name in the community and I got to meet a lot of people and I got to see a lot of photographers shooting and I got to see a lot of different lighting techniques, some horrendous lighting techniques and some really great ones. I got to learn. I got to talk. I got to connect. And there was an opportunity to shoot more too. So I got a studio anytime. You want to rent the left side of my studio? I'll shoot on the right side. I could be shooting endlessly. I mean, I could fill up hard drive after hard drive shooting. My portfolio like literally could blow up from all the shooting I could do. Three in the morning, three in the afternoon, two in the morning, two in the afternoon, anytime that I wanted to. That's the possibility of having your own studio. A lot of good can come out of it. If you run it the right way, really, really great stuff can come out of having your own studio. What is the bad though of having your own studio? There is great potential to lose money. As you can imagine, 5,000 square feet outside of a major metropolitan area is very expensive. Very, very expensive. 500 feet can be very expensive anywhere. You're paying for electricity and you're paying for the internet and you're paying for everything. And by the way, commercial rates for utilities are not the same as residential rates. So for my 1967 speed internet that I got from AT&T, I believe my speed was 1.3 and my upload was 0.25 or something like that. It was ridiculous. But I was paying about 150 bucks a month. Where at the house, you're paying 80 bucks and you're getting like 10 times the speed. So you're paying extra fees. And that's a lot. Like that's something to factor in and your utilities and people leaving the lights on. You're like, oh my God, this is not the same rate as the house. And now you left all these lights on and cleanup supplies because people coming in and out means a lot of cleanup supplies, a lot of labor and keeping it clean. 
and a lot of paperwork and a lot of picking up the phones and a lot of emails and a lot of no-shows and a lot of showing people the studio and a lot of haggling and a lot of bargaining and a lot of people starting their conversations with, I don't have a lot of money, but, and a lot of people saying, I could bring you a lot of business if you give me a great rate. And then there's a lot of liability and the liabilities, I'll just, listen, if we're going to be honest, let's be honest. Somebody falling in your property is a lot of liability. Are you properly insured for that? Are you properly permitted and licensed for that studio? What if a photographer walks in on a model getting dressed in the dressing room area? Hopefully you have a dressing room area. I did. But I saw some people trying to walk in when the model, coincidentally, I knew was getting undressed. And I'm like, hey, 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 nope. I have to call people out. Nope. Leave her alone. Because they would accidentally try to walk in there and act dumb. Nope, you're not doing that on my watch. You're not abusing any single person. You kind of have to be on abuse watch. Is everybody over 18? Is every is anybody drinking? Is anyone doing drugs? A lot of liability that comes with this. Do you have cameras? Are the cameras recording? Are they connected to Wi-Fi still? Did you have a release for everybody? Is there is it too hot? Is it too cold? Is the AC gonna work today? Is the heating gonna work today? <sighs> Did anyone leave anything? Did anything get stolen? That's the bad. I'm giving you the good. I'm giving you the bad. Now it's the ugly part. And I kind of touched on a couple of them already. The cleanup, y'all. The cleanup of this studio aged me. 45 minutes. And that's after I I got good. Okay. 45 minutes to sweep 5,000 square feet. And if you don't know what 5,000 square feet looks like, I'll give you an example. Sometimes when I got bored, I rode my bicycle inside my studio, going in and out of rooms, different sections. I never had to stop. It's big, okay? What if you have a studio that's 400 square feet? Still though, the cleanup is going to kill you. Not kill you, it is a lot of work. The amount of times I had to go to the hardware store and buy white paint to touch up the white psych and and then let that dry and, and hook the fans up to make sure that it dries and the fumes are gone. The amount of times that I walked around and counted footprints on the wall. Because these beasts would never do this in their own homes. I hope they don't do this. But they stand against the wall and they put their feet, one foot on the ground, one against the wall. I don't know what kind of monster does that. But we don't do that in the house. And in the studio, I would see this. So then I started having to be very tyrant and saying it is $10 per footprint. I charged for that sucker. Half a footprint was a full footprint in my eyes. You might as well put the full foot down because I'm charging you the full 10 bucks. So that's me now at the end making sure that some of their deposit is held in my pocket. So I would walk through and say, let's do a walkthrough. And 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60. Ooh, that's a footprint too. 70, $70. And they're like, are you serious? And I would say, no. Sir, ma'am, are you serious that you guys think it's okay to leave full footprints on people's walls? So that is seven, 70 bucks. You signed on it. You knew what, what it was. That cleanup can be exhausting. So if you want to open your own photography studio, understand that it comes with a lot of cleanup. Taking inventory of what was there before they came, filming the place so you can compare 
costs money because it costs you time. That meant I wasn't shooting like I thought I would. That meant, because I was hoping that, yeah, I gave up photography, but I was hoping that I would maybe do some stuff that made me happy. I didn't have time to do that stuff because I was managing a studio. And I became from, I guess, a celebrity photographer to studio manager, sometimes janitor, sometimes caterer, sometimes plumber, sometimes tyrant, sometimes military drill sergeant. Sometimes bouncer kicking people out. I didn't have time to shoot. And to me, that was one of the ugly setbacks of having a studio. The other one is you could potentially have your name soiled. Potentially. I'll give you an example. There is no me too list, but there is. Take that how you want. Okay. There are photographers that notoriously abuse models and they should pay the, uh, the price for that. But I can tell you one of them rented my studio two times. I had heard of the name because of the work. And then years later, I actually not even years later, like later that year, I started hearing what this person had done. And this person no longer had a career and they took their Instagram down and everything. Thank God nothing happened in my studio. What if that happened in my studio? What if that happened in your studio? This is the ugly part of it. So now you have to have a certain type of insurance policy and cameras everywhere. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm not saying I want it to happen to you. But I need you to know that that is a possibility. The third one is there are services like Peerspace and Gigster. And so what they're doing is they kind of are the Airbnb of spaces. Now, it's great because they could really help you get clients. But I'll tell you what happened with me in Peerspace. I had a client book me for a lookbook, a decent brand from downtown LA. They came and they booked the lookbook. I think they paid me like uh, maybe $1,800 for the day. And then at the end of it, the lady, she didn't say anything. She's like, thank you so much. This was amazing, et cetera, et cetera. This was before I had cameras in there. She called Peerspace and said, Walid was rude to us. Walid uh, kicked us out of the studio early. He came late. That's weird because at the time, I, I had my own loft in the back of the studio. I lived there. So no, I was not late. And I let them stay an hour extra. I remember that conversation with Peerspace. Peerspace decided to take the side of the clientele, not the studio. So you're going to be dealing with people like that, that... Um, like any business that might say things, and you're like, damn, do you guys just use me and like laugh and get a refund? Okay. I'll be honest with you. I'm spiteful. I thought about going down to her office, her desk, literally like flipping her desk over. I have that in me or like throwing coffee on her laptop and walking out and saying, there's your 1800 bucks. But I did not. And I don't encourage you to either. But it, it, it infuriated me that much. And I'd be a, doing you a disservice if I was dishonest with you on this podcast. But that's how people take advantage of you. So now that's the really ugly part. But again, 99% of the people are not like that. It's just a small handful of people. I don't know what kind of studio you want to do. 
but I need you to know from my experience so that you can ask better questions, so that you can negotiate a better lease, so that you can take better precautions, so that you can take care of yourself better. I didn't mean to scare you, but I did mean to scare you because I want you to do it the right way. So I'm still waiting. At the end of the podcast, I'm going to tell you if I would get another studio. The reason why I took my studio down is because a lot happened in my life and I was really, really going through a lot. And there was a lot of depression and and trying to resurrect a career because I put in the hands of the wrong people. It was it was a hard time. But I started this account and this Instagram and this YouTube because I thought I'm not going to be a part of the problem. I'm going to be a part of the solution. And I met all you beautiful people through this because I was like, I'm tired of this. So I closed my I had a strong, strong gut feeling. I closed my studio down. And then like six or seven months later, COVID happened. And if I didn't shut down, I would have gone broke because I would have had to pay rent every single month. I may or may not have been qualified for government aid, but I would have been sitting on a business that was, I mean, it was awful. I could have broken the lease and paid the penalty and everything like that. You got to think of everything, okay? So you got to have savings for like six months. You got to have backups. You got to have people that can babysit your studio because if you're sick, you can't cancel someone else's shoot. That's unfair to them. If you went out and had a night of drinks, you better be there on time. They're losing so much money and their reputation if you don't show up. You better be ready to refund. You better be ready to put a smile on at all times. It's like having a child. But you're going to have some great experiences that come out of it also. I don't want to entirely scare you. I just want to give you all the facts. So one final thing I want to tell you before I say if I would have another studio is how do you market your studio and how else can you use your studio? Yes, I mentioned peer space. Be careful, but there is peer space. And that's a great way. And I say peer space, but I also say gigster. That is a great way to put your stuff out there um, and get people to meet you and if you treat people well and they love your space, then they'll just contact you directly next time. It saves you money, it saves them money. I actually put ads on Craigslist for free. And I got a lot of bookings from that. I, I called film location companies and I registered my my business with them. And I said, and they would send a photographer over and everything. They would negotiate and they got me some of my biggest, biggest productions. I went on meetup.com. And I found people that wanted to do yoga and have small meetings and uh, masterminds and uh, small intimate events without being at a restaurant. And they wanted to just bring their own coffee and donuts and, you know, sandwiches and things like that. You could do that. You can make money that way. One of my great friends held his wedding and then his baby shower at my studio. I couldn't be any more proud. You can rent your your spaces and event locations. You can rent it as something for social media and have different wall backgrounds. And you could swap out the background so, so people keep coming to you every month for new content, new new things. You can build a little podcast station and there where it's soundproofed and people come in and they record and they, you know, book by the hour. There's a lot you can do. You can rent it to other productions who might have gotten a big, big, big production and they need a space to work out of for two weeks because their their team is going to balloon up and doesn't fit in their office. And you say, great, come over here. There's a lot you can do. You can do private, intimate dinners. And so 
Keep your eyes open if you decide to do this because it can be very lucrative. Be very careful. Watch your back because it can be very lucrative and people might come for you and make a decision that fits you, that fits what you want to do for your business. Understand that there will be times that nobody calls you. And then there's times that nobody wants to book you, but everybody wanted that one day. And you have to say no to everyone except for one. Understand that people, there's all kinds of people. So that that's what I wanted to tell you about having a studio. Now the question is, would I have one again? Yeah, I would, actually. As much as I scared the hell out of you, I would. I wouldn't have it as 5,000 square feet. I wouldn't have it as pre-furnished. I would have it as a white space and a black space. It doesn't even have to have the black space. I can have a seamless. I would have it where I have the rolls of paper, a small makeup and hair room, and some natural light, and that's it. I would probably have 600 to 800 square feet so that I can have the simple shoots there and that if any friends want to rent it from me, they can. And if no one rents it from me, I'm not stressed out because I can afford it. So that's what I would do. That doesn't mean you have to do it your way, but I wanted to give you some ideas, share the good, share the bad, share the ugly, and I hope that that helped. I will always be honest with you on this podcast. If you want to learn more about running a successful creative business, I do one-on-one consulting. The one-on-one consulting is going to save you a lot of time, a lot of money. That link is down in the show notes. And I hope that that helps you. I hope that this podcast helped you. If you have questions, tweet me, ask me the question, and I'll answer you right back. Okay? I really appreciate your time. I appreciate you putting the thought and energy into this. If you open your own studio, I wish you a lot of luck. And I think you're going to do great. Just know what's up, plan for it, find the relief, and keep it going. I want to see you win. All right. Thank you so much. My name is Walid Azami. Bye-bye.